Thank you for listening to this talk produced by the Art Gallery of South Australia. Ninamani. Hello, everyone. And thank you very much for coming today. I'd like to acknowledge that we meet here today on the lands of the Ghana people and to pay my respect to their elders, to the elders of the past, to the elders who are currently working very hard with the younger people to bring them up to be our elders of tomorrow. And I say that because the work that, that people do is tireless within communities and it's something that, that has to happen in order for the next generation to be mindful and to understand the importance of this being Ghana country and that we all live, work and work and congregate here today on their beautiful lands. Thank you for coming, what a great turnout. I can see that there are more people um, coming. We just have to be very mindful of the works of art. Please don't lean on anything on the walls and just move in as much as you can so that people behind can come in as well if that's okay. There's also a little bit of room over on this side if people want to even maybe yeah, walk all the way around or because um, we also need to leave space for the people who are in the next gallery so that they can actually get out. So just so that we've got, yes, thanks. Just so that we've, we're mindful that we are in, <laughs> in a building that has people moving through it and we just have to be very careful of the works of art. I nearly had a heart attack on, <laughs> on Saturday up in uh, Gallery 11 with Peggy Griffith's Mudditch's work because that work is very fragile and it's on the wall and people were actually walking along it. Um, but that's, you know, that's the nature of, of not everybody is familiar with the works of art and how careful we need to be in order to conserve them. So thank you for bearing with me. Um, Tanandi, this is our fourth iteration of Tanandi, which is the Festival of Contemporary Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Art. And my name, I should introduce myself, is Nikki Cumpston. I'm the Artistic Director of Tanandi. And I'm also the curator of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander art here at the Art Gallery of South Australia. And it is my absolute pleasure to be working on this project. This year I've had great support with the producer Mimi Crow. Uh, I've also had alongside me doing the exhibition installation planning and design, Celia Dottore from Flinders University Art Museum. Uh, Celia's come across, we've seconded her into this position. And the person who's been keeping everything up to date and up to speed with the, the collection work is Gloria Streslecki. So I'd just like to thank you, Gloria, for all of the hard work that you're doing as well. And Dr. Lisa Slade, who I bounce ideas off of every day in relation to what I'm working on for the next two years, for the next iteration of Tarnandi next year and the Citywide Festival in 2021. So there's a very small team of us that work very, very hard to produce this, this big event. Um, who was here on the opening night? Great. It was quite incredible to see there were over six and a half thousand people that came through the building that day. And it was just spectacular to have all of the artists here. Well, 315 artists we supported to travel to Adelaide for the opening. 
And of course, you know, what that, what that means is that, that the artists actually have an opportunity to share in, in the celebration and that they can gain pride from being able to hear people directly telling them what they think of their work by people coming along to the talks. So what we do, we have the media preview in the morning on the opening day, followed by an artist lunch where all of the staff from the gallery, everybody who's got a moment, will come down and actually serve the artists their lunch. And that's really important. That message that that passes on to the artists enables them to see that we're all invested. At the Art Gallery of South Australia, Tarnandi is, is presented by the Art Gallery of South Australia with the support of BHP and the Government of South Australia. So it's a, it's a big effort in order for this to happen in the way that it does, but it's something that we're all invested in. And that's something that, that proves to me how, how much we are invested. I know that um, John McDonald, the arts writer from the East Coast, wrote about that event as one of the, the biggest moments of, of generosity that he has seen in an art gallery to witness the staff actually sharing and, and giving, you know, giving lunch to, to the artists. And as I said, that does mean a lot to the artists and people in community talk about that as something that, you know, we work really hard with each and every artist that, that exhibits here in order to hear what they've got to say. And that's part of the essay that I've written in the beginning of the catalogue is about these opportunities for us to exhibit these works in the way that we have for Tarnandi this year and for all of the previous iterations comes from great trust and respect. And the artists have that trust in us and they give us the opportunity to work with them through knowing that, that we, well not knowing, but, but eventually understanding that we are listening and we're trying really hard to enable them to have their ideas realised in a, on a, in a platform like Tarnandi through the Art Gallery of South Australia. But we also have this year 30 additional partner organisations. There are 35 exhibitions, including performances, that are happening as part of Tarnandi over the next few months. We don't close until the end of January next year. So get yourself a program or look online and you'll be able to see what's on offer over the next few months as part of Tarnandi. Some of the exhibitions around the city are only open for a few weeks, so I urge you to, to check them out. The Jam Factory we've partnered with for the third time as part of Tarnandi, and so we've been able, because we knew that we had funding for a further five years from 2017, we, we are able to think about long-term projects. And so that has provided an opportunity for artists to think quite ambitiously and to also think about into the future what they might like to do and how they might like to do it. So Gunnambi Gunnambar, who is from Buku Lange Malka, which is the art centre in Yirrkala in, the, in, the, in northeast Arnhem Land, has whose work as you descended the stairs is at the, the end of, at the bottom of the staircase, the three aluminium panels that he's carved. So he's used a Dremel to carve into that aluminium. 
So Gunumbi is an artist from, as I said, from Bukulange Malka, and he's found a loophole. He's found a loophole in Yongu art and culture, and that is that Yongu people are only able to paint about the land from the land. That's aluminium panel. How's he done that? It's because he is using detritus from the mining industry that's found on his country, Gangan, his homeland. And so he's repurposing that rubbish and making it into works of art. So he's twisting, he's, he's twisting that, that understanding of how, how he can work and working in a way that's very contemporary, but using his Minji, using his traditional designs, but in a way that's completely shifting, shifting the way that we see Yongo bark painting practice. So his work at the Jam Factory, he's worked alongside of the furniture studio and the metal studio. So he's carved into a very hard uh, wood. It's a, it's a river red gum. So he's carved his Minji into that, but he's also etched into metal. So he's got the mother and child. It's two forms that are melted into one. And he's also deep etched into metal, into steel, sorry, solid steel. And then they've, they've, they've fashioned that into what looks like fabric. It's a really incredible installation. I urge you to go and have a look. And Regina Billowock Wilson, who is from Peppermanati in the Northern Territory, who is an artist who is very well known for her paintings using natural ochres. And she paints her beautiful mats, her beautiful woven mats that as a weaver, she dyes each of those beautiful fibres in natural dyes to weave these incredibly large scale woven mats. She shifted from that practice into painting the woven forms. And what she's done as part of Tanandi is worked alongside of a ceramicist, Ashley Hopkins, and Mark Heidenreich has thrown a large, large form platters, and then she's painted using her ochres mixed into slip onto those forms using that beautiful uh, patterning of her woven mats. The works are sensational and it's really having this opportunity for the artist to work alongside of people who are expertise in other fields has enabled them to take their ideas to another level. Also at the jam factory is Penny Evans and she's got a, a beautiful flock of birds. She's a ceramicist and she's created birds that are important to her, whether they are birds that are endangered, extinct or that are part of her daily life. And then there's also the work of the Ninaku artists, and they're from Piplajara and Kalka in the Arningu Pitinjara Yankanjara lands. They're in the most furthest Western community, almost at the Western Australian border, just underneath the Northern Territory border. And these artists have, as their art centre manager, Mandy King, who is a glass artist, and she had the idea of taking their the glass bubbles. She took the glass bubbles to, out to the community and the artists each individually painted. They're about the size of sort of from here to the top of my fingers, solid glass. 
with, oh, actually, they're not solid. They have, do have a hollow in the, in the centre of them. So each of the artists that wanted to participate painted onto these glass starter bubbles. They were annealed in the kiln in the community and then sent back to Adelaide where they were blown by glass artists at the jam factory. So you have these incredible forms that have the paint, the paintings within them. They're extraordinary and I've never seen anything like them before. So this was another project that was able to be facilitated through the support of Tarnandi, as well as a project that's been going on for a few years with the senior women in the community of Bukaja, Ernabella Arts, working with the younger women, and it's a jewellery project. So the, the, the senior women were sharing stories with younger women, giving them an opportunity to come into the art centre because it, you know, Sometimes it's seen as a place for the older, older people, but this was a particular project that was done so that younger people could engage in what was happening at the art centre. And so they've created these very beautiful jewellery pieces. There's earrings, there's necklaces, and they're all, looking, they're all looking at the stories that are shared with them by their grandmothers, by their aunties. So it's part of that, that tradition of milpajunani, which is about drawing in the sand with a stick, which senior women do with younger women, where they clear the sand and they'll share a story by drawing that story. So that theme has carried over into the APY gallery, which is just in Light Square, where there are works on paper, as well as some of the jewellery forms by the artists, all looking at Milpajunani and that passing on of cultural knowledge. So that's just a really small example of some of the additional exhibitions that are on around the city as part of Tarnandi. Let me know who went to the Tarnandi Art Fair. Great. <laughs> I hope you had fun. <laughs> so the Tarnandi Art Fair is an opportunity for all of us to go and meet artists. There were artists here from over 40 different art centres and they were offering their works of art for sale at many different price points. There were original paintings, prints, works on paper, drawings. There's also jewellery, there was textiles, there was fabric. You name it, you could buy it. Um, and that happens every year as part of Tarnandi and that was part of the initial idea for Tarnandi was to provide an opportunity for artists to sell directly. But it's not only an opportunity, it's an opportunity that goes both ways. It's an upaji-nupaji situation where we can give and take from each other. The artists get the opportunity to see what each other are doing from across the country. They have a chance to come and see other exhibitions as well as being at the art fair. But then we also get the chance to meet them and speak one-on-one -on -one with them about their works of art. And it's really about the opportunity of gaining some understanding as to who the artists are, where they come from, how the work's made. And I just see it as a, a really beautiful opportunity for engagement. And I think it's gaining interest. We had a 15% increase in people attending the art fair and I think, I can't remember the statistics of how much more money was raised, but $1.2 million goes directly back. That, that's how much was sold at the art fair this year, and that goes directly back 
to the artists in the art centres. We support them to travel to Adelaide. We pay for their travel and accommodation and their expenses for freighting their works to and from. So that money, it's, an, it's a, the supporting the ethical production and also the ethical sale of works of art. Why don't I talk about this room? <laughs> this would probably have to be, for me, one of the most difficult rooms to talk about in the whole exhibition. And I think if you look closely at the work, you'll understand why. <laughs> um, but these are stories, these are stories of frontier conflict. They're stories that are important to be understood and to be shared because they're real stories. And they're stories that people right across Australia, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, carry with them every day. They're stories that have been passed down through generations, but they're not necessarily stories that other people know about or that are written up in history books. It's difficult history, but nevertheless, it's true. These stories are true. And for artists to have I think to be brave enough to be able to share these stories with us is really important. And so for me personally, I, I believe that we need to share these stories on a platform like this. So the work just here alongside me is Kumanjai Wally Clark Puller. And Kumanjai, I say Kumanjai because he, he has passed away. This work was created in 2005 and it was in response to a project that, that was done between him and his wife and his daughter. And Kali Kamara, her work is just on these two paintings on, on this um, western and northern wall, which was part of the Early Days project. These two paintings by Kali were done this year because the paintings she'd done previously had sold. So this was her revisiting her ideas for this particular exhibition. But Kumanjai's work has been carved, hand-carved from beanwood. And you can see that you have the two parties. You've got the Aboriginal people on this side and you have the constabulary here, here with us. Kumanjai was from the region which has been called Utopia. It's in the northeast. It's about 260 kilometres northeast of Alice Springs along the Plenty Highway and is, is an area where there, there isn't an art centre to support the people that live in this quite large region. It's a region which was, it's heavy with past, past, the pastoral industry. And so it's an area where people were moved off from their own country, away from their waterholes and away from their, their sources, food sources, and, and away from, from their, their actual country that they are still responsible for keeping alive. So, so this is, as Kumanjai sa has said about this work, this is just depicting one of many conflicts that, that arose during, during these early days, which unfortunately weren't that long ago. I'll just point out with Kylie's work, with his daughter's work, the intimate detail. Please take the time to look really closely at what she's showing us in her paintings. Because you have, you know, this is an artist who lives in Central Australia, 
but she's depicting the arrival of, of the ships with the big white sails, and she's depicting life. You know, you see all the groupings of people, the puppas, the little dogs, and the animals, and the picking of fruit, and it's, you know, it's alive with activity. And then when you look closely, you see the conflict that is emerging in the painting on that northern wall. So it's, it's sharing stories that would have been passed down to her from her family, but also what she's learnt through her life um, with her schooling and, and you know, knowing what else happens outside of her own community. Because, of course, Aboriginal people are like everyone. They have ways of you know, finding out what's going on elsewhere because they're probably more on top of things than I feel I am. I don't really get to watch TV or listen to the news or I'm too busy, I actually, I don't really have time to do that. But people in community know more about social media and more about what's going on in the bigger cities and in other areas than we do a lot of the time. Make no mistake. <laughs> um, this work on this wall is Nancy Nganana Jackson, um, and Judith Chambers, and this work was exhibited in the Desert Mob exhibition last year, in 2018. And this work has been made from Jumpy. So Jumpy, you may have heard of the Jumpy Desert Weavers. Jumpy is a dry grass, which is used to weave. Um, as you can see, there's also raffia and wool and other mediums that has been used to depict this story. This particular story was shared with the two women. These two women um, are relatives of the people who were affected by this. This is a particular massacre. Um, and this happened at a site called Jurangjara. These artists are from Warakurna, which is just over the Western Australian border, heading further west from the artist I spoke about earlier from Ninaku and uh, from Ninaku Arts in Kalka and Piplajara. So this is heading over into the WA border. It's where the Giles Meteorological Station is situated, which people might know where that is. Um, anyway, these, these artists were... This story was shared with them by a, a senior man in community, uh, Mr Bernard Newbury. And because because it's a story that, that people knew about, they know about it amongst their own community, but other people didn't know about it. They wanted to share this story, so they've made this incredible installation. The full essay is in the Tanandi catalogue, so you can, you can read the transcript from Mr Newbury's account of what happened. And it's, it, it's terrifying. It's, it's absolutely devastating to think that this happened to these people, but also that this is not <laughs> the only account of this happening in Australia. And the more we learn, the more that these stories come to light, we realise that this happened right across our country. And people need to heal from that. And the only way that I personally know how to heal from something terrible that's happened to me is to be able to talk about it and to be able to share it and to have a sense that people are empathetic to what it is that I'm saying. And if it's just glossed over, how can we ever heal? How can we as a whole country come together as one and be able to walk together in harmony as Uncle Lewis O'Brien, our Ghana elder, 
says at every Welcome to Country, and I believe that this is the way through us having a platform to share our stories, true story. This is a true story, a very important story, and it's not, as I said, it's not a singular story. Also in this room is the, the work of Sandra Saunders over here on the southern wall. And Sandra was an, one of the artists who participated in the Guildhouse Tanandi Catapult program. And that's another opportunity that we've offered through Tanandi is by partnering with other organisations, as I said earlier. This particular partnership, the idea came from Guildhouse to provide a mentorship program for two artists. And Sandra Saunders is an artist who lives in Wongri, just out of uh, Port Lincoln. She's in her early 70s and has been an artist for a long time. An artist making do, making do with what she could find to be able to paint with and to paint on. But this mentorship gave her a chance to work alongside of Dr. Jessica Wallace, who's a very dear friend of hers. Interestingly, Jessica lives up in Nullumboy in northeast Arnhem Land. Uh, but is originally from South Australia. She's an artist and a filmmaker. And so her and Jess spoke about her, you know, about Sandra's ideas. And Sandra's really passionate about the future generations for her grandchildren, her children and her grandchildren. And she's also, you know, she she's passionate about about being able to share, you know, her experience because she She's worked for a long time with Aboriginal legal rights movement here in South Australia. You may know her from a, a major exhibition that she did at Tandania during the High Marsh Island Bridge court case that went on for far too long and too many lives were lost as a result of, of what happened and, and that, that people went through as a result of that whole court case. So Sandra is someone who's been in my mind for a long time and someone who, she said herself, there's a beautiful series of short films that we're going to show as part of Tarnady at one of our um, First Friday events and we're hoping to get online soon. There are four vignettes of Sandra creating these works and her telling us, personally telling us how much it means to her to be able to have had access to Belgian linen, to oil paints and to beautiful sable hair brushes so that she was able to create these four paintings sharing her concerns about the environment, about climate change and what's happening within our society in regard to economic and um, environmental disaster as a result of the failure, I believe, of the economy and the way that things are played out. So I think I'll leave it there. I encourage you to go and see as much as you can while you can because, as I said, there's a lot on and there's a lot on even just in this gallery itself. And we'll be giving many more talks over the series um, of lunchtime talks and the First Friday events. So thank you for coming. <laughs>